Hi, welcome back. So this is Rachel again, and we are on the wisdom framework. This is D for the discipline detective. So this is kind of a new, or not want to say it's new or even that different, I guess, but way to think about discipline that I hope and think will free you. So what I hear from a lot of moms is, you know, when their kids do something that you know is not okay, you know, it's not going to be okay later, you know, it's just not good to do. It's there's this sense like I need to do something. And then even if you get your kid to stop doing what they were doing or to do the thing they needed to do, that almost feels like it's not enough. It feels like we need to come up with something else. So let's kind of dive into this a little bit. So in this podcast, I want us to kind of create, to, to talk about, I'm going to talk about, we're going to listen, um, creating a boundaries and rules without guilt um, or shame and learning to dig and search for the reasons behind your kid's behavior. So what I hear from a lot of moms is something happens, their kid does something that's not good or refuses to do something they need to do. And the mom gets frustrated and she might yell or she might nod, or she might be more firm than she likes, or, you know, she might act in any number of ways to make it happen. And then the child doesn't like it. And then after a little bit of time passes, and now this is not, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, this is me, it's not you, or it might be you, but it's you and tons of other moms. This is not particular to any mom. This is like a super standard thing that I see a lot. So then after some time passes, then they start to feel guilty that they handled it wrong or that they weren't perfect. And then that guilt leads them to kind of go back and almost try to make it up to their child. Like you're okay. You're, you're, you know, um, I don't know, your daughter was hitting her sister and you kind of got yelled to stop. And then the daughter started crying because you yelled. And then like three hours later, you're like, I'm such a horrible mom because I yelled. Um, and so I just want us to kind of take a, it's so hard to have perspective as a mom because we're just in it. We're so much in it, but I want us to be able to zoom back and be like, there was violence happening. There was some hand laying hands on in a violent way. And it took yelling for volume to happen. It took yelling for this child to stop. Like I, I actually protected one child from getting hurt and I protected the other child from continuing to do something that was not good. We don't ever want our kids to keep doing bad things and get used to doing them and seeing how they feel. And then after, of course, they're going to feel bad, but they're also going to have made those neural pathways where they're just doing, you're right. So actually you stepped in, you did what you felt like you had to do in the moment to break that up. Now, maybe you would want to not yell later, but you see what I mean? It, a lot of moms come at this point and now they feel really bad. They forget that somebody was actually hurting somebody else. And then they just think, I'm a horrible mom because I yelled. Like, no, actually yelling is just a tool. It's just a tool. Sometimes yelling is good. Sometimes we need to yell. Sometimes, you know, if we need to get somebody's attention from across the room, across the street, we need to make sure we're heard above the fray. We got to yell. Like yelling is not inherently bad. It's just a volume of your voice to be used at different times. And sometimes the exact time to yell is when something violence happens, something's popping off, as one of my mentees like to say, is these are great times to actually, because your voice needs to be heard, right? Now, am I advocating yelling all the time? Of course not. Okay. Don't take me out of context, but I want to get you to be thinking, does it happen where your kids act in a way that's not okay? then you, because you're either just fed up with it happening all the time, you feel like they don't listen, whatever these valid feelings are, you kind of lose it a little. And then after you kind of 
feel guilty and come back and try to make it up to your child. See, these are confusing signals. So that's just a, I just want you, if that's your pattern to think about it, just think about it because what I off more often find, okay, what is very, very rare for me to come across is a mom who's just sort of mean and yells and is bad and is just like, doesn't care. <laughs> I'm, especially, I guess they wouldn't come to me, but I rarely see this. What I often see is that moms have kids that have behaviors that are not good. And not all the time. We love these kids. Okay. I'm not saying a child is not good. I just mean, you know, especially when they're young, lots of behaviors come out. We know these certain behaviors are just not antisocial. They're not, they're not going to go well for them. And then the mom reacts strongly to it because it's not a good behavior. And then the mom is the one that feels bad. And what hasn't happened in this point is that the child actually, uh, recognizes and feels like they shouldn't do that, that thing. So we're going to just put that aside for the moment. I wanted to talk about that little pattern to get you thinking about that. But so what do we think of as discipline? Like, what do you think when you think the word discipline? What do you, what do you think? Do you think training, modeling good behavior, not letting them do the stuff that we hate, or we know that's going to be bad for them? helping them find a way to do stuff that fits in with pro-social rules, you know, being kind, not say jumping in line ahead of everybody, not hitting, yelling, screaming, stealing, all of these types of things, but you know, the Ten Commandments and the laws of the land. Um, and even more cultural norms, depending on where you live or where you're from, the cultural norms are important because, you know, you could do something here and it's normal and somewhere else, it's just very rude. So to me, and now we might not have a perfectly aligning and we don't have to, but I want you to think, I want you to be able to know what you think discipline is or what it means to you. So it's for, for me, I like to think of discipline is me training up the kids in the way I feel is good for them to go for themselves, for the others who are going to be in relationship with them, for their well-being, for their lives, okay, for society in general. That means just that the behaviors that I know nobody likes that have bad fruit for them and for others. I, I want to push my kids away from those. I don't want them to get used to doing those. I'm not going to under my roof. Now I can't control what my kids do later, but under my roof, I'm not going to allow behaviors that are bad for the others, their siblings or me, or ones that are bad for them. Right. And it means I want to train them and help them to see different ways to do things or help them figure out, Oh, why, when you get really angry, why do you hit instead of asking for help? Let's think deeper. Let's dig a little deeper, right? So in this way, my quote discipline is actually tr helping equip them to understand their emotions and to make good choices. So if you think discipline equals punishment, then you're always going to feel like you never did enough. So for example, if your child is standing up on the table and you're like, okay, we don't stand on the table, get down. And they get down. You've now stopped them doing the behavior that's not good. But if you think discipline equals punishment, now you're like, now I got to do something else. I got to add something else to this. What else can I do to make sure they know they can't sit on the table? You know, so, but it isn't always. Sometimes discipline is just, okay, we're doing these good things. We're not doing these other things. And if your kid stops the thing that you needed them to stop, that can be enough. Or if they start the thing that you needed them to do, that can be enough. So if you start to look at discipline as just this overall, you know, 
couple of decade long period where you're helping your kids learn to manage their emotions, deal with their thoughts, feelings, and situations, and make choices that they can be proud of that are good for themselves and others. That's what discipline is. So we don't always have to follow something up with some kind of punishment. Now, sometimes we might have to, and that's just how it is, right? If the if the infraction is, say, about a device, for example, then it, it makes logical sense that we would remove the device or access or, you know, whatever. So that might be something that happens. But often, in especially when the kids are really young, if we just get them to stop that behavior, that's enough right then. We just, we didn't let them do it. That was our boundary. So this is where we've got to kind of figure out what the boundary is, because if my boundary is they don't stand on the table, it's just a silly example, and then they stop, that's it. That's all that needed to happen right? Now, if I find day after day after day after day after day they're doing it, then maybe we do something else, you know? But so I guess this, now I've been going for, oh, nine minutes and it's um a lot of thinking work, but I think that's where, that's where a lot of it comes from. So be just thinking, what do I think discipline is? Do I feel like it equals punishment? Do I feel like I always need to add a punishment? And, uh, you know, when I say punishment, Okay, well, let's go ahead and hit this. So a consequence is just something that happens as a result of something else. You know, like they snuck their iPad in their room when they weren't supposed to, so now they lose iPad time or whatever. This is just, okay, this to me shows you snuck it in when I said not to. This shows you just really don't have the self-control currently to have access to this. And I think we need to take a step back as you develop and learn to build your self-control so that you'll be able to follow the rules. This is a, a quote, consequence because it's a result of something else, but this isn't a punishment. And so a punishment is more about your motivation. I have heard, who knows, a lot of this I think is semantic. So don't just take what you like and throw it out. Okay. But I have heard said, cause I struggle with this. I'm like, well, what's the difference between a consequence and a punishment? And my parenting mentor, um, said it's your motivation. So if your motivation is to help your child succeed, like I can see, it's just, it's not going to be good for you if I let you have access to these devices when you don't have the self-control for them. That's actually, you're wanting them to succeed. So you're pulling back a freedom so they can learn to succeed. Like a punishment might be like taking it outside and beating it or, you know, using a hammer on it or something, or like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let you do this for three months or so a punishment is almost like coming out of your, it's like, you want to make them, you want to, you want them to feel some pain, you know? Um, I think that's the difference. And so it could even be the same thing that you're doing. So I think that's where you might look if you're having issues around this Think Whenever I am disciplining, do I do it at a punishment or do I do it to help them succeed? And if you're doing it at a punishment, then all you got to do is just calm down a bit and say, okay, what, what do I think needs to happen so they can succeed at this? And then you'll probably just mentally shift into the place of wanting them to succeed. And then it'll just come, it'll feel different to you. Cause what it is, is it moms often kids do something that's not good. Moms know they have to do something and then they don't know what to do. Maybe they feel powerless. They feel out of control. So then they're like, and then they're mad because they feel out of control. And they're like, if you just would have inside, they're like, if you just would have behaved, we could have been having warm and fuzzies. Um, but you know, so then mom kind of gets mad and it'll be like a punish. Well, that punishing feeling, we don't like how it feels. So that's what makes us feel guilty. And then we feel ashamed. And then we come back and we're like, okay, I was just, I lost my temper. Meanwhile, we have done no, we are the ones that tried to discipline. We lost our temper. We get mad at ourselves. The kid just carries on doing the thing they were doing anyway. Right. So, okay. So that, that, what, but now coming back to my notes, what I want you to focus on 
So what I want you to focus on this week is what, now this sounds like a weird thing to focus on, but what I would like for you to focus on this week is what you do not like. So now, um, that sounds weird, but it, this will help because if we're focusing on what we don't like, this is what we're going to help us find out what our boundaries are. So if the kids, because what I hear from moms most of the time is that the moms are actually frustrated with themselves because the mom is frustrated. Mom comes, child's doing things that aren't good or won't do good things. Mom feels frustrated with child. Mom feels guilty that mom is frustrated. Mom wants a solution. So mom can be perfect and not feel guilty. So basically what moms are wanting is to have no boundaries so that they can just make sure they are just like Pollyanna to their kids all the time, but that's not a good service to their kids or, and it's impossible. So it also is just not going to work. And this is my big thing is that, well, but would it work, right? If, if you did that one thing, but would it work? So we need to focus for a week on what you don't like. And if your kids are doing something you're not okay with, how do you feel? What do you do? What happens? So if your child's doing something that is just not really good, like not listening to your word, not doing what you say, um, you know, refusing to do something, etc., yelling at you in any number of things, right? How do you feel inside? What do you do? Some moms can, can kind of, depending on what your personality is and your background, some moms in this case can kind of like almost back up and be like, oh, my child, almost some moms can go into a freeze response or a flee response when their kids are kind of have overwhelming emotions and they can just kind of run, go away. Is that what happens? So if so, this is just a sign your boundaries have been crossed, but, and it's just made you so emotionally flooded. You don't, you can't even, you just got to get away to get, to get some peach, right? Or maybe it makes you mad. Some mom's person eyes will just get mad. Like, I, I can't even believe you don't went and did that or said that to me. Like what? And then if that's the case, then they would, if the mom did that, then maybe they would be more likely to yell. Okay. But what the reason I want you to focus on the things you're not liking about your kid's behavior and not, it's not about your kid. It's just about the behaviors is then after you do that, I want you to stop talking yourself out of it. Because what I often find is that moms have the idea. It's not like I just have a million ideas. It's like moms come to me, child did this. I didn't like it. This is how I felt. Then they talk themselves out of it. So if I come back and say, no, 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 you were perfectly right that that upset you. Of course that upset you. That would upset anybody. And then they sit with that for a minute. Then they're like, yeah, fair enough. And then mom comes up with things to do. I'll hear it. It'll be like, you know, I guess I could have X, Y, Z. Hey, that's a good idea. You know, verbal processing at its best. Exactly. So you will have plenty of ideas. It isn't, sometimes moms feel confused. They don't know what to do. And if that's the case, I often find the reason they don't know what to do is because they're trying to talk themselves out of being annoyed by it. And if you're just like, nope, this is not okay with me. And this is a good phrase you can start to use if you find it difficult to validate yourself. You can just go, nope, not okay with me. That behavior, not okay with me. And then you can just feel secure in that, not okay with me. And then you will have some ideas. Okay. So we just want to make sure we're not, and again, to recap what I've said, I, I, this is not any particular mom. This is literally stock standard, um, that moms will react in a logical, reasonable way, given the situation. Like I hear the situation. I think, yeah, that was straight legit. That's exactly what most moms would do. Yep. <laughs> and then the mom takes some time, the guilt sets in. Then the mom goes back and wants to be like, I'm so sorry I got mad at you, even though you were shredding, you know, pouring all the milk all over the floor or whatever it was, you know, like, um, 
And so we want to stop that. We want to stop that. And let me tell you why this is good for you to do, because the more you stop talking yourself out of it and the more you just are able to accept, I'm not okay with this. This is not going to fly for me. The more calm you are, the more you feel in control, the more power you take back in yourself. And that allows you to remain calm in some of these situations. So at times in my parenting, when I felt super powerless, if the kids did something or they got too loud or they weren't listening or we're in a waiting room and it was going awry, I would just be emotionally flooded because I'd be like, oh no, oh no. If I do this, are they going to listen to me? And they're not going to listen to me, (laughs) you know? And then whenever I was able to be like, I'm not okay with this and I'm going to take my power back. And over time, I just kept my boundaries. I stopped talking myself out of it. I just become strengthened inside in a way that allowed me to then just remain calm most of the time. And then whenever I was actually able to remain and be calm, I just behaved in a way that I liked. Okay, so now I want to think about um, the behavior. Okay, so let me check my notes here real quick. Okay, so we want to think about behavior. Is this behavior about your kids? No, because we're talking about discipline, being the detectives. So is this behavior persistent and consistent? I want you to take a second and think about a behavior real quick. Okay, I hope you got it. So I want you to think about this behavior. Like how often does it happen? Is it now this could be something like hitting, kicking, um, you know, yelling. I don't know. It, it could be anything depending on the kid's age. Think about when does this happen? How often does it happen? Like, is there a pattern? I love thinking about patterns and finding patterns because a pattern helps me dig a little deeper. So the part of the way that we can not be micromanagers all the time of our kids' behavior, but we can be empowering them to make good choices is by digging deeper and addressing that. Right. So that kind of, it's like almost like one, um, a domino, I guess, if you will, that once we get down to that deeper part, it fixes a lot of other parts. So when you get to this behavior now, I want you to think, okay, now we discussed the, say what you see before. Like, can you actually, I might do an entire podcast on that for us, but so can I say what you see? Okay. You're doing this behavior. You are hitting your sister. You are not wanting to put the iPad down. You're just not ready to be finished with it. You just want to keep playing it. Okay. So once you validate, this is part of how you dig deeper with your kids. And I like to say, use statements, not questions, because questions can be yes, no, whatever. They can be kind of, um, they don't leave room to keep talking now. And one great thing about kids is that they feel compelled to correct you. So if you say something that's wrong, they will correct you. So you can get when you had kids have had a behavior and they've calmed down, then I want you to just dig a little deeper. Okay. You did that because of this. If you think, you know, you know, if you think you know what it is, you just weren't ready to put it down. You feel like you never get enough iPad time. You just didn't care that there was a rule. You just wanted to do it anyway. Say those taboo things, say those things that you think your kids are thinking that you think are true. Just say them, get them out there and then discuss it with your kids because hitting things, excuse me, hitting things on a deeper level with your kids is where you make progress. Hitting things on a deeper level helps them understand why they do what they do. 
And when you help people understand why they do what they do, and then the kids are like, oh, there really is this sense of understanding between you. It really strengthens the relationship because um, they feel so understood. So now another thing that I've put on here that I think is important when we're talking about discipline is I want you to believe that your kids are okay. If I want you to think my kids can handle whatever's going on in family life. They're okay. Now I'm not talking about handling horrific, horrific things, but I'm talking about general normal family life. Because if we think our kids are, if we want to get them to do something they've never done, for example, and we think they can't do it, they're not going to do it. They're going to scream at me. They're going to yell. They're not going to be able to cope. (sighs) It's going to be a big deal. Then we get emotionally flooded. And then we kind of have this crazy energy we're bringing to the situation. It's kind of like, please, I know you might not want to. It's probably like, I'm sorry, this is like very inconvenient for you. But like, really, you have to put shoes on to go to the store. You know, silly example. But we do bring that kind of, please, (laughs) pathetic energy. And I'm not calling you pathetic. I'm literally speaking from experience, mama. Okay. We can all bring this sort of begging energy if we think our kids are not okay. And if we think they can't cope, we communicate to them. You can't cope. You straight up can't cope. And there's no way they're going to believe in themselves if they know we don't believe in them. So that's part of why, you know, not being in letting our kids be letting not not feeling like every behavior means something's going to be horribly wrong with them forever. It'll give us a sense of peace. And then we can have more confidence in the situation, right? We can just be able to be more calm and think through, is this a pattern? Does this require me to do something else? Do we need some kind of consequence or do I just need to sit down and talk with them? What's happening? Is something going on? So I want you to think about in the moment, not trying to create a random consequence, but what do you want to happen or not happen and focus on that? And what does your child want to happen or not happen? So say two kids are fighting over a toy and what you want is that they don't fight. That's what you want right? Probably most moms don't care if they, it's like, yeah, fine, share, but only I care about sharing because I just want to stop fighting, right? Whatever. You play this, you play that. I don't care who plays with what. Y'all just can't fight. Like that for me, that's my type of, of boundary is like, we can all play with this. I know everybody's going to get a turn, but what I'm not okay with is the fighting and the yelling and the name calling. So what do you want to happen? So now if they're fighting, we don't need to create some random thing. Like you're not gonna have your afternoon smoothie or whatever, because that has nothing to do with this. In the future, they're not going to be able to easily link those together, right? What would be the discipline in this scenario is first of all, stopping, not allowing to happen what was happening that wasn't good and focusing on helping to mediate. In this case, mediation is needed, not a consequence, right? Because we might give some kind of random punishment and, and the consequence might be they need to take a break from each other for a minute. And that's fine too, right? But I mean, in the sense of some random thing, we don't always need to be thinking there needs to be a random thing because actually, if we don't teach them to mediate, then they're not going to be able to mediate the next time either. It's just going to happen over again. So mediating might look like, you know, getting in touch with both both of the kids want, okay, you wanted to play with this and you want, you just both want to play with the toy. You don't want to share. You want your own turn. That's what you guys want. Yes. Okay. Well, there must be some way everybody gets what they want. How can everybody get what they want here? Kids will come up with good ways. This type of mediation is a much richer discipline tool than a random consequence we throw at them. And again, I'm not saying all consequences are bad, but I'm trying to say the feeling you have inside yourself that tells you I need to have a consequence is 
maybe not necessarily true. And what you can think of in that moment is what do I want to happen? Is it happening now? Or what do I not want to happen? Did it stop? And how can I dig a little deeper to, to help the kids understand why they did that and see if they could do something different next time. So I hope that gives you a little bit of clarity on that. Of course, be sure to Voxer me or send me a message if you have any questions about this that I can answer for you.